message you're about to listen to is by Reverend Dr. Femi Olaleye of Oikea Christian Center. Remain blessed as you listen. Amen. Look at your and say spiritual tangibility. Look at your and say spiritual tangibility. If there's anything that separates the believer from the unbeliever, it's for um, the presence of the Spirit of God within the believer. If you do not know the Spirit of God, if you do not know the Holy Spirit, you will not be able to actually have an effective Christian life. Just a moment. I'm supposed to dedicate a baby today. There's a baby here. It's only here. I don't know if she's here. There's a baby dedication we're supposed to do today. But if they're not here, we'll have it some other time. Hallelujah. All right. Now, if you do not know the Spirit of God, if you do not fellowship with the Spirit of God, you are not going to be able to have a productive Christian life. It's impossible to have a productive Christian life without a rich, rich fellowship with the Holy Spirit. Now turn your Bible to 1 Corinthians chapter number 12. This is why you could have a lot of folks who could actually know a lot of scriptures but not be a lot of fruit in their conduct, not be a lot of fruit in their life. Why? Because you are only going to be fruitful to the extent, all right, to which you are yielded to the Spirit of God, and the Spirit of God is able to manifest through your life. Through your life. You know, we could have all the follow-up exercises we want. You can have all the counseling exercises you want. But the truth about it is that men can only be transformed the operation of the Holy, the Holy Spirit. Men are only saved through the operation of the Holy Spirit. Men can only come to a place of maturity through the operation of the Holy Spirit. It is by the operation of the Holy Spirit within the believer that that believer is able to come to that place of maturity. So without a rich fellowship with the Spirit of God, you would not be able to bear the kind of fruit you ought to bear as a Christian. Now let's turn to 1 Corinthians 12 and verse um, 4 into 7. Are you ready? 1 Corinthians 12, 4 into 7. Everybody read 1, 2, go. It says what? Everybody read. Come on now. Now there are what? Diversities of gifts. But the same spirit. Now next verse, it says what? But the same what? The same Lord. Uh-huh. Fix now says, and there are diversities of operations, but it is the same God which worketh what? All in all. So he's saying there are diversities of gifts. There are diversities of administrations. Administration there is office. All right. There are diversities of administrations. Um, there are diversities of operations. But there is something that is consistent. There is one Lord. There is one Spirit. And there is one Father. So that means that all of those diversities are present in one God. Are you seeing that? So that means that if a man operates in a different way, okay, it doesn't mean that that man is not of God. Because if that man is born again, called by God, that different operation you are seeing in his life is by the Spirit. Are you following? Because there are diversities of operations in that one Spirit. There are diversities of gifts, and there are diversities of operations of those gifts. That is why all tongues don't sound alike. Glory to God. That is why we don't all prophesy the same way. That is why we do not heal the sick the same way. Glory to God. That is why we don't all get the same kind of results in terms of spirituals. Why? Because there are diversities. 
So we don't focus on the diversities. We focus on what? On the spirits. Everybody say the spirits. We focus on what? The spirits. God's spirit is God's answer. I don't know whatever it is, the challenge that you're facing in life. Spirit of is that there is the supernatural way out of that issue. And the more we are able to know the spirit and the ways of the spirit and the power of the spirit and the tangibility of the spirit, the more we will be able to get the kind of results we ought to get. Now look at verse 7. Look at what it says. Where everybody, I want you to read and pay attention to this. Verse 7 says what? But the what? I know, we have plenty here now. Everybody speak, want to go. But the what? Is given to every man to what? Now notice what he says. He said, but the manifestation of the Spirit. The manifestation of the Spirit. Now, it's very important. You are talking of Spirit. Then you now say manifestation. Has anybody seen a Spirit before? Is a Spirit visible to the physical eye? Alright? So that means you cannot see Spirit. Is that correct? Is that correct? You cannot see spirit. But he says, but the manifestation. So that means there is an operation called the manifestation. And what manifestation means is to make what is invincible visible. So when we are talking about the manifestation, we are talking about the spirit which no man's eyes can see. Becoming what? tangible enough to men to say this tangibility or this result we are seeing in the physical is due to what? The influence of a being called what? The spirit. Is this clear? Come on, is this clear? Hallelujah. The spirit. So when you see a man speaking in tongues, you can't see the spirit, but you can see the manifestation. When you see a man prophesying, you cannot see the spirit, but you can see a what? A manifestation. When you see a man healing the sick, you cannot see the spirit, but you can see a what? A manifestation. So the manifestation lets you know that the spirit is present. Are you seeing that? Are you seeing that? So it says, but the manifestation of the spirit is given to every man to profit without. Notice, it didn't say the manifestation of the spirit is given to some men. He said it's given to what? Every man. That is me and you. So every believer, everyone present here, hallelujah, is called, glory to God, to manifest the Spirit. So make the Spirit, hallelujah, visible. His effect visible. His effect seen, heard, and perceptible to the touch, all right, of the whole world. Hallelujah. Say aloud, the manifestation of the Spirit is given to me. Say it again. The manifestation of the Spirit is given to me. One more time. The manifestation of the Spirit is given to me. Now, there is a tangibility about the Spirit of God. Though the Spirit of God is not seen, the operations of the Spirit can be felt. Hallelujah. The operations of the Spirit can be seen. Glory to God. I said glory to God. All right? Those, all right, it can be seen. So you can say, for example, when miracles happen, all right, we are saying, do I can't see the Spirit? Miracles are proof that the Spirit presence is there. And this is why a church, the church of the living God, must work miracles. Believers 
must regularly demonstrate the supernatural. Why must they demonstrate the supernatural? Because the supernatural is the only way we can demonstrate that the spirit is present. The supernatural is the only way that we can demonstrate to people that Jesus is what? Alive. For if I come to you and say, in the name of Jesus, be healed, and you are healed, what does that say? It means that the Jesus that effected that healing is not dead. A dead Jesus cannot heal the sick. If Jesus were dead, hallelujah, all right, his name will not heal anybody. Glory to God. If Jesus were dead, all right, devils will not flee when you mention the name. Praise God. So, the fact that the name is effective is proof that Jesus is alive. So, by miracles, we are able to show that this Jesus we preach is the real deal. Glory to God. I said glory to God. I said glory to God. Amen. And as a believer, you must see yourself as someone God is going to use in supernatural, someone God is going to use in miraculous. You must see yourself that way. You must prepare yourself and say, oh Lord, I'm available to be used. My hands and feet. They're available to be used by you. Praise God. Praise God. Praise Lord. Alright, so there's a gentility to spirit's power. Through, though the spirit cannot be seen, his effects can be seen and felt. John chapter 3 and verse 8. John 3 and verse 8. Now look at what Jesus said about the man born of the Spirit. And he says this about the man born of the Spirit because the man born of the Spirit bears the character of the Spirit. Now he says in verse 8, everybody read, he says what? The wind bloweth where it was least. That is where it wants. All right? And thou hearest the sound thereof, but cannot tell whence it cometh and whither it goeth. So is everyone that is what? Born of the Spirit. You cannot tell where it's coming from. You cannot tell where it's going. Hallelujah. But you can hear the wind. Glory to God. Has anybody here met Mr. Wind? Has anybody here met Mr. Wind before? No. But has anybody seen the effect of wind? Hallelujah. You've seen the effect of what? Wind. In the same way... You may not have seen the physical appearance of the Holy Spirit, hallelujah, but by his effect, you know his presence. Amen. I said amen. Amen. That's how we know, for example, when a man says, Jesus is Lord, we know that the Spirit of God is on his inside. Because according to 1 Corinthians 12, 3, no man can say Jesus is Lord, but by what? The Holy Spirit. Glory to God. I said glory to God. I said glory to God. So if a man says, Jesus is not Lord, Jesus did not die, Jesus is not salvation, what do we know? We know that the Spirit of God is not where? In that man. Because there are effects of the one born of the Spirit. There are effects that lets us know that the Spirit is present. Hallelujah. I said, hallelujah. Hallelujah. All right? Now, the believer must know that because he is the indwelling or he is the temple of the living God, amen, all right, the Spirit of God must be regularly and frequently manifested through him. Because if the Spirit of God inhabits your body, it therefore means that if any manifestation is going to happen, it will happen where? From you. Amen. And the reason why you can manifest or demonstrate the spirit is because the spirit is present. It is only the man that carries something that can demonstrate it. 
Amen. 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 Okay, I, I'm, I used iPhone example in the first service. Let me use iPhone again in second service. I'm not advertising iPhone. I'm not I'm marketing it. I'm just using it as an example. Now, if you had an iPhone, maybe an iPhone 12, the one that just came out, and you wanted, it had a feature in it that no other phone had, and you wanted to demonstrate that feature in that iPhone to somebody, what would you do? You would have to bring out the iPhone and say, see it now. You understand, right? Now, why can't you say, see it now? Because you what? You have it. Is that clear? So you can only demonstrate to people what you have in your possession. So you cannot demonstrate what you don't have. Look at 1 Corinthians 2.4. Now you see what Paul says when he explains this. All right, He said, my preaching and my teaching were not with enticing words of man's wisdom. Look at this. He said that my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of what? Of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of what? Of the spirit and of what? Of power. Now, why was he able to demonstrate spirit and power? Because he had the spirit and he had the power. Acts 1.8. Look at what he says. In Acts chapter 1 verse 8. He says, but you shall receive power after that the what? Holy Ghost is come where? Upon you. So he says, you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost is come upon you. So that means the Holy Ghost coming upon you, all right, praise God, brings it with it the presence of the Spirit and the power of the Spirit. So you can demonstrate the power and the Spirit because the Holy Ghost is come upon you. So the believer must always be ready to manifest the Spirit. Be ready to demonstrate the Spirit. Now, the tangibility of the Spirit always has effect. Look at Numbers chapter 11, 25. You find, all right, in this scripture, all right, very, very interesting, interesting, interesting um, story here. We find that Moses, all right, was trying to lead about 3 million people by himself. 3 million. It's amazing, really. Really amazing sometimes how anointed men lack the wisdom of administration. You know, Moses was so anointed. And he was trying to lead 3 million people by himself. Do you know who suggested to Moses that why don't you get other people to help you? His father-in-law, who was not a Jew. You understand? The father-in-law, Jethro, came to visit one day. And he sat down and saw Moses judging from morning to night. And said, you will kill yourself. Praise God. You know sometimes? Uh... Zealous people may not be the wisest people. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Zealous people may not be the wisest people. Sometimes the most anointed people are not the wisest people. Glory to God. Let me say that again. I said the most anointed people may not be the wisest people. Praise God. Praise God. So Jethro comes. And sees him pacing about, you know, all right, trying to judge the entire Israel. And Moses and Jethro says, why don't you choose people to do this with you? Then, all right, he goes to God about it. And God said, yes, Jethro is right. So my question was, you know, I thought about it when I saw it. I said, why didn't God tell him? Why wait for Jethro to tell him? Why was it that God was confirming to Moses, glory to God, all right? What Jethro said. Why, why didn't God say, Moses, choose for me? No, God didn't tell him nothing. God let him try to judge everything by himself. 
Glory to God. So, you know, God allowed him to, he said, set up 30 cells. And God let him to try to what? To be the cell leader of all the 30. Then Jethro says, you are, ah, ah, 30 cells, only you. Why don't you get other people to work with you? And he went to God. And God said, it's correct. Glory to God. Listen, there are some of you that the truth about it is that the wisdom you lack, God will bring people to bring it to your attention. You need to have the humility of Moses, the meekness of Moses, to say, oh, you're right. Hallelujah. You know, don't say, I'm anointed than you. How can God talk to you? Mm -mm -mm -mm. You're right. Take the correction. Hallelujah. And apply it. Amen. So Moses goes. Then, let's look at this quickly. All right. Moses goes. Then he gets certain leaders, brings them together. Numbers 11, 25. And the Lord came down in a cloud and spake unto him and took of the Spirit. Now, because, all right, Moses needed this man to stand in his place. And for them to stand in his place, they needed to operate like he operated. So because Moses was a spiritual leader, you see. Hallelujah. I said Moses was a spiritual leader. And because he was a spiritual leader, all right, he needed to minister, all right, and govern by the power of the Spirit. Glory to God. So he comes here, all right, and God now says, I'm going to bring those guys, all right, you have chosen, and I'm going to put your, the Spirit on you on them. He says, and the Lord came down in the cloud and spake unto him and took of the Spirit that was upon him and gave it unto the 70 elders. All right? Now listen, this is where the tangibility of the Spirit comes in. Are you paying attention, guys? I said, are you paying attention? Now this is where tangibility comes in. He says, all right, and gave it unto the 70 elders. And it came to pass. That when the Spirit rested upon them, they what? Prophesied and did not what? Cease. So that means when the Spirit came on them, He made them do something. Or they were able to do something. Hallelujah. That is cause and effect. It means that the Spirit's presence would have an effect. Glory to God. The Spirit's presence will have an effect. So sometimes when you come to a service and the power of God is moving and hands are being laid and people begin to talk in tongues or begin to prophesy, that is a manifestation of the Spirit's presence. Those things are a manifestation of the effect of the Spirit. They prophesied and did not cease. Now, pay attention, 26. All right, in 26 it says, but there remained, listen, oh, 70 men were chosen. There were 68 that were with Moses, gathered in one place. Right? One place. Then, 70, there were now two that had not yet come for the meeting. They were late comers. Glory to God. So that means, you know, late coming didn't start, you know, now. So some of you that always come late, you have a good heritage. <laughs> Hallelujah. You have a good heritage. Don't worry. Some people were late like, you know, like you used to. Amen. Now, because you are changing. Glory to God. Hallelujah. He said, but there remained two of the men in the camp. The name of the one was Eldad, and the name of the other, Medad. Wow. That's like Eldad, Medad. All right. And the, listen, he says, and the Spirit rested upon them. Hmm. 
they were not in the meeting. But because they were chosen, the Bible says the Spirit rested upon them, and they were of them that were written. So that means their names were written down as elders. They were selected, but they were not in the meeting. They were somewhere maybe eating rice or playing Ludo. They had not yet gathered while the meeting was going on. Or they were watching Premiership or watching Arsenal Manchester United when the meeting, the anointing service was going on, so to speak. The impartation service was going on. The sixth year there, the Spirit came on them and they began to prophesy. Those other guys, while they were watching football, all right, or playing or playing chess, and they also, the spirit came on them too. Look how it says. It says, and the spirit rested upon them, and they were of them that were written, but went not out unto the tabernacle, and they prophesied in the camp. Let me tell you something. When you have the spirit of God, it will show. There will be results. There will be things that you can do. When the gift of God is working in your life, it will show. There will be results. There will be the things that you can do. Hallelujah. And they prophesied in the camp. Praise God. They prophesied in the camp. They prophesied in the camp. Hmm. So another example, First Samuel chapter 10 and verse 13. They prophesied in the camp. They began to say, Thus said the Lord, and someone they started saying, It's only Moses we see between it. Then they ran to Moses. They saw 68 people prophesying before Moses. They said, Moses, so they are prophesying the camp. Oh. You understand? Come and stop them. Then Moses says, I wish all the children of God were what? Were prophets. Hallelujah. That prayer has been answered today. Hallelujah. I said that prayer has been answered today. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. Now, can we start from verse um, 11? 1 Samuel 10, 11. Now, look how it says. And it came to pass, listen. And it came to pass, when all that knew him before time saw that, be, saw that behold, he prophesied among the prophets. Okay, back up to like nine, because when you talk about Saul coming into the company of the prophets and inside prophesying, pay attention. And it was so that when he had turned his back to go from Samuel, God gave him another heart. And all those signs came to pass that day. The context was Saul had just been told that he's going to be king of Israel, and this prophet had given Saul certain signs that would happen, right? Now, look at verse 11. Okay, verse 10. And when they came thither to the hill, behold, a company of prophets met him. And the Spirit of God came upon him and he prophesied among them. Notice, Saul began to prophesy because he came amongst a company of prophets. Hallelujah. So, because of the operation, in that company, hallelujah, Saul began to function like those in the company. Glory to God. So he came into that atmosphere of the prophetic, and because he came into that atmosphere, boom, the prophetic came on him. He began to prophesy. Hallelujah. So for example, as you are gathered here, amen, as we begin to speak in tongues, because you are in the company here, glory to God, you will also speak in other tongues. 
Glory to God. As we begin to prophesy, glory to God. Amen. Because you are in the company here, you will also begin to prophesy. Why? Because the spirit presence means that if the spirit is present and there is a manifestation of the spirit, that manifestation is in operation because of the people present there. So bless them. You notice something? Whenever the Spirit of God is operating in, in the Scriptures, whenever the Spirit of God is you know, manifested in a place, He never leaves anybody behind. In Acts 2, the Bible says the Spirit came. Everybody present was filled with Spirit spoken tongues. Acts 19, everybody present was filled with Spirit spoken tongues. Acts 10, everybody present was filled with Spirit spoken tongues. Why? Because when the Spirit comes into a place, it doesn't leave anybody unattended to. So He wants to attend to everyone. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. That you hallelujah. I don't know. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Uh -huh. uh -uh. We have men in this and you are not. Do you have COVID? You, are, you don't have COVID in Jesus' name. And it will not affect your voice. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. So the manifestation of the spirit can be seen. For manifestations make it clear that the spirit of God is present. Now. It is you that is a believer that can manifest the Spirit. The unbeliever cannot manifest the Spirit. If you find someone who is not saved manifesting this Spirit, it is not the Holy Spirit. You should question it. Hallelujah. You should challenge that Spirit in operation because there is a contrary Spirit in operation there. 1 Corinthians 3 and verse 16. 1 Corinthians 3 and verse 16. Everybody, can we read one to go? He says what? Know ye not. Uh-huh. Yes. All right, say this with me. I am the temple of God. The Spirit of God dwells in my body. Say it again. I am the temple of God. The Spirit of God dwells in my body. Hey, 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 say that again. I am the temple of God. The Spirit of God dwells in my body. God dwells in my body. God dwells in my body. Do you know how powerful that statement is? How many of you believe that? When you say God dwells in your body, you are saying God is your, your, your body is God's address. How are you saying you are saying God, God, I mean your body is God's address. If men want to encounter God, they come to you. God needs men and women that take ownership of his presence like that. That are possessive of his, I mean that can talk like that. Look at Peter. In Acts 3.1, he gets to get beautiful. He meets a guy who was paralyzed. Alright, who has something wrong with his feet? And he says, silver and gold have I none, have I none, have I none, but such as I have. Tell her, the glory of God is my possession. Oh, glory to God. Say it again. The glory of God is my possession. Say the glory of God is my possession. Such as I have. Hallelujah. How can a man say such as I have? 
It doesn't sound religiously, religiously acceptable to say, thought as I have. Amen. Thought as I have. He said, thought as I have, give I you. Not God gives you. He says, give I you. Thought as I have, give I you. Hallelujah. Thought as I have, give I you. So that means, believer, you have something to give. Say with me, I have something to give. Again, I have something to give. Hallelujah. Such as I have, give I you. Your body is the domicile of the Holy Ghost. Your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Your spirit, the spirit, the Holy Ghost inhabits your body. The spirit of God is in every cell of your blood. The spirit of God is in every tissue in your body. The spirit of God is in every organ of your body. The spirit of God inhabits your body. And because the spirit of God inhabits your body, you know what's possible? You can transmit the power of the spirit through your body. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You can transmit the power of the Spirit, the presence of the Spirit. That's why when you lay hands on people, they will feel the presence of God. Because your body is the temple of the Spirit. Hallelujah. Your body is the temple of the Spirit. I remember there was one, one time we, we had, uh, we had we're going out, we're out on evangelism. All right. Then there was this guy. Was saved, but it was not really very, you know, you know, very, very lost, you know. And went for evangelism. And so we said, we tell people to lay hands on the sick, pray for the sick, and all. So he went on evangelism. And when he was going, he laid hands on somebody. And the person that he laid hands went under the power. And you know, when you, the, the person that laid hands on someone, he's surprised. So he laid hands on someone, hey, are you okay? Is everything all right? Say, I'm fine. He said, something came out of you to me. He said, where? From me? That's the person that lay hands. <laughs> Hallelujah. Why did that happen? Because he's born again. He's the temple of living God. And because he's the temple of living God, he transmits God's power. He transmits God's presence. So your, the presence of the Spirit can be transmitted through two means. Number one, laying on of hands. Laying on of hands. Your hands are not just there to eat a bar. Your hands are not just there to collect gifts. Your hands are instruments of transmission. Hallelujah. Put your hands up like this. Your hands. See, put it up. Those hands are the extension of God on earth. You hear what I said? I said, those hands, these hands you put up like this, they are the extension of God on earth. When you, people are saying, oh God, I want to see your hands, he's going to send you. I said he's going to send you. Your hands. They are not ordinary hands. Hallelujah. I said, your hands are not ordinary hands. Hallelujah. Say, my hands are not ordinary. 
say my hands are not ordinary. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It is possible for God to be in a place and you will not know it. Because there is no manifestation, you think nothing is happening. Jacob goes to Bethel. Am I remember that story? He goes to Bethel and he takes stones and makes stones his pillow. But as he sleeps, the Bible says he had a dream. And in that dream, angels were ascending and descending on ladders. Then Jacob woke up and said, God was in this place. And what? I did not what? One major challenge with many believers is they did not know, they do not know how to actually manifest what they have. Praise God. Praise God. But the first day, they are able to manifest. They go, it worked! It worked! It worked! Many of you, that is what you need. How many of you know what I'm talking about? How many of you gave a word to someone the first time, and the person confirmed it, and you couldn't hide your excitement in front of the person? I'm everywhere like, like God. Is it true? It's true. Ah. ah. Yes. Hallelujah. That's what you need. That first step of faith. Glory to God. That first step of faith. Glory to God. You have a friend that's not filled with the Holy Ghost. You don't say, I am the temple of the living God. Amen. I can minister the Holy Ghost to you. Do you know what minister means? Eh? Minister. It's like a pharmacist ministering drugs to you. Amen? You know, we pass it to you in doses. We recommended doses. Yeah, you also, you are a pharmacist of the spirit. You minister the spirit. Someone comes and says, ah, I'm having a terrible time. Uh, it's all dry over here. You just say, come, let me give you the spirit. Hallelujah. Let me, ah, yeah, 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 hallelujah. Why? He lives in me. I can transmit his presence to you. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. You can get into places, venues, and electrify it with the presence of God. Amen. Amen. Do you know why the presence of God will be manifested in a place? Because the presence of God is in the saints. Glory to God. His presence is in us, is in me and you. So we manifest the presence we already have. Glory to God. I said glory to God. I said glory to God. I said glory to God. Glory to God. So, through laying on of hands, we transmit the, the spirit. Look at Mark 16, 18. All right, it says, you shall lay hands on the sick and the sick shall recover. All right, in Acts 3, 1. Peter laid hands on the man, a gate beautiful, and the power of God was transmitted. Okay? Power of God was transmitted. Now, Deuteronomy, let's just look at Deuteronomy 34 and verse 9. Deuteronomy 34 and verse 9. Praise God. Deuteronomy 34 and verse 9, very interesting. He lets us know, he says, and everybody read, he says what? And Joshua, the son of Nun, was what? Full of the spirit of what? Of wisdom. For Moses had done what? So that means the wisdom in Moses passed to Joshua by transmission. Right? Right? Transmission. Contact and transmission. The moment Moses' hand touched Joshua, 
wisdom was transmitted from Moses to Joshua in such a way that every single thing pertaining to wisdom in the life of Joshua, in the life of Moses, was seen in the life of who? Of Joshua. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. 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 Now we also find in St. Luke's Gospel, chapter 4, verse 40, that Jesus healed the sick by laying hands. Laying hands. Luke 4, 40. Now when the sun was setting, all they that had any sick with diverse diseases brought them unto him. So that means the diseases were proof that there was another presence operating in those people's body. Are you following? In Acts 10.38, it says, How God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power. All right? All right? Who went about doing good, healing all that were what? Oppressed of what? So he was healing all that were oppressed. So that means healing, all right, is deliverance from oppression of Satan in the bodies of people. Is that clear? How did he do it? He puts his hand on them. Well, all right, go back to, the, um, to, to, to Luke 440. He puts his hand on them, and when he put his hand on them, the power in his body went into their body and did what? Drove the demonic spirit out. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, you see, the key to operating the supernatural is to first of all acknowledge that you are supernatural. You must first of all acknowledge that the power of God is in you. Hallelujah. You must acknowledge that God's power is in you. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. You have to have the such as I am. Give I be. Glory to God. Such as I am. Such as I have, give I be. Some of you are here, you may be weak, you know, in your spiritual work. You may be, it may be a long time since you experienced God's presence. Glory to God. You will be inundated with God's presence this morning. Someone say amen. amen. Hallelujah. Such as I have, give I be. Glory to God. When we give word of knowledge, what is happening? When we say there's someone here, what, what, what are we doing? What's going on? We have the Spirit. Amen. And the Spirit knows all things. And because the Spirit knows all things, He lets us have some. And tell us, somebody's here, this is what's going on. Minister the Spirit to them. So when we give a word of knowledge, what are we doing? We are ministering the what? The Spirit to them. So a word of knowledge is not just mentioning people's case. It is a what? It is a what? A ministration of what? Of what? Spirits. So many times when we give them a word of knowledge, they are healed without hands being laid. When we give them a word of knowledge, their issue is sorted without hands being laid. Praise God. Praise God. Yeah? Praise God. Glory to God. Are you following what I'm saying? They are sorted without hands being laid. Because that word of knowledge is a ministration of the Spirit. When the word of wisdom is given, 
all right, and is given that way, it means that the Spirit of God has sorted it out. Hallelujah. Why? Because it is not just a prediction. It is a what? It is a what? A ministration of what? Of the Spirit. We minister the Spirit because we have the Spirit. We minister the Spirit because we have the Spirit to give. Praise God. Now listen to me as I round up and we pray. Stop acting as though you are an alien for the move of the Spirit. Say this with me. I am a move of the Spirit. Say it again. I am a move of the Spirit. Say this with me. I am a realm of the Spirit. What does a realm mean? A realm, alright, is a space within which a force or an influence is in operation. Are you following what I'm saying? Are you following what I'm saying? So, for example, if I put a heated substance in the center of this place, okay, the space within which, which you can feel the heat of that substance, all right, is the realm of that substance. Is that correct? Come on, is that correct? So, for example, you are in this place. I mean, I mean, you feel very cold here. You feel cold, right? All right. Why are you cold? All right. Because you are within the realm of the air conditioner blowing in this hall. Are you following? Are you following? So we are in the air conditioner's cold realm. Under the influence of the air conditioner. Amen. So when you come into spaces and you come into rooms, people come into your realm. Anyone within a reaching distance of you is within your realm. Which means that they are within your realm to influence with what? The Spirit. Say out, I am a realm of the Spirit. Never make, wait a minute, what's going on? Is, is something, wait, um, I feel. Hallelujah. All right? So you come within the realm. You're, you're in realm of spirit. So you get to a point that, all right, when you get there and you manifest the spirit, you're going to find out that people receive. Because the spirit is present where you are. Are you following what I'm saying? Are you following what I'm saying? Well, you must have that consciousness that you are a realm of the spirit. And when you act and you lay hands, things will happen. There is no person of the supernatural that does anything mighty afraid. Fear will rob you of supernatural experiences. Fear. Ah, what if I say it and it is not? What if I lay and, and it's not? What if I, let me tell you something. You will never get anything serious accomplished by fear. The second thing that hinders people is sin consciousness. I'm a sinful person. I am not holy. I'm not this. Listen to me. Sin will not affect the transmission of God's power as sin consciousness would. All the people God used in Scripture were not perfect people. The only perfect person was Jesus. Amen. David, that prophesied most of all, the, all those prophecies you saw, David was a very imperfect man. If you have read your Bible, you know what I'm saying. 
Solomon that wrote 2,000 proverbs that we read to you and say man of wisdom. He was an imperfect man. Abraham, imperfect man. Isaac, imperfect man. Samson, king of imperfect man. <laughs> Amen. Elijah, the man was imperfect. One problem Elijah had was anger. Any small thing wants to call that fire. Small thing, I will call fire. Someone just say, man of God, calm down. He said, if I be a man of God. <laughs> Praise God. And the thing was, you like, you understand? But God used them. Praise God. Compared to some of the men God used, you are a saint. So, stop that affliction of sin consciousness. And he used me. I'm now praying God use me. Listen to me. Sin consciousness will rob you of more of God's blessing than any other thing. Because sin consciousness causes you to be fearful. But when you are sun conscious, hallelujah, when you are grace conscious, when you are conscious of the indwelling spirit, you do exploits. Praise God. You stand over the sick and you say, in the name of Jesus be healed. Nothing happens in the physical. Then some people will walk away and say, he's not you. What is wrong with you? Should I show you one thing before we close? No, the close is Simon because we are going to pray. Acts 3.1. Let me show you something. So, you know, hey, I remember there was one lady like this. I went to pray for her. She had Cox disease. Cox disease. That's TB of the spine. So she was paralyzed. And she was in loot. You know, sometimes one of the most difficult places to pray for sick people is in loot. Or hospitals. Do you know why? Not because the power of God is diminished. But because there is a lot of sickness around. There's a lot of death around. So, while you are with somebody, they will tell you somebody died the day before, that the person that was here died. So while you are in, in, in most of you when in, in, in the sick in, in the in the hospital and people die, they begin to they smell death close to them. Do you understand? Now, if somebody was away from the hospital and listening to words of faith and you understand, so that person will be most likely like, I can get healed. Well, just it is different. So some people always ask, why don't all these healing evangelists go to the hospitals. That's why. It's also why Jesus Christ did not go and look for a hospital to be healing the sick. I hope you know that. Amen. Well, everything, most of the time, when Jesus healed the sick, they came to him. Right? They came to his meetings. Are you following? There was only one time Jesus healed someone that didn't come to him to be healed. The man at the pool of Bethesda. The Bible says that the man was there in the place where there were many sick people. Jesus comes there, did not heal everybody. He healed just that man and walked away. Praise God. Praise God. I said, praise God. Why? Because they are coming to the meeting is an act of faith. Huh? It's an act of faith. So I went to this place, Shuman had coccyces. Then, we used to go every Saturday. I was a student then, we wear a white coat and go and pray for the sick. Got a lot of people healed. I mean, we got a lot of people healed. We never started church then. Alright? Then they allowed us to do it. You know, because I was a student and I had a white coat, so I could go in. You know, then there was something called NCCMDS. If you're a medical student and you're in Lute, you know what NCCMDS is. 
Okay. All right. NCCMDS. Okay. All right. So those NCCMDS. So the, what will happen was, all right, you have, um, so we come like that, um, and we lay hands on the sick and, and all. So this person, I remember we went there and we laid hands. We laid hands on, on her. Laid hands on her. I remember when I prayed with her the first time. There was no change. No change. I mean, while I was there, I laid hands on her, no change. There was nothing, felt nothing, nothing. What I just did, she had not got up from that bed for months. So I told her, in the name of Jesus, stand up. So we stood her up on our feet. All right? And she began to walk around her bed. Walk around her bed. Walk around her bed, you know? Walk around her bed. That was the first thing that happened. Walk around, then she would sit down. Then she would stand up again, walk around her bed. But, so the healing was gradual. All right? But after that time we prayed, the next time I saw her again, she was standing up by herself. Praise God. Then days later, she was discharged and she walked from being stretched into the hospital. She walked out of the hospital. Now, if I looked at the physical, you know, when I prayed, I would have thought nothing happened. The same thing that happened in Acts 3.1. He said, now, now Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer in the ninth hour, and a certain man named from his mother's womb was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms of them that entered into the temple. Now, verse 3. Who seen Peter and John about to go into the temple asked an arm? Now look at verse 4. He says, And Peter fastening his eyes upon him with John said, Look on us. 5. And he gave it unto them, expecting to receive something of them. All right, and six. Then Peter said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, give I thee. Now notice, it says, In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Now, verse seven. Now, look at it. He tells him, Rise up and walk. And seven. Look at this. After he tells him, Rise up and walk, nothing happens. Because of the next verse. And he says, And he took him, pay attention, he took him by the what? Right hand, lifted him up. So it is after he took him by the right hand, Lifted him up that what his feet and what ankle bones did what sometimes the prayer is not complete until you move the person to an act of faith. Praise God. I remember I was like, was my wife one time? Like, I healed one time. She had a condition and she, she was ill, I think. I remember she was on the bed and she was in her former house. And I was bad, and I just came and said, Look. I'm going to lay my hands on you and, and pray. So I laid my hands on her and I prayed. The power of the Holy Ghost go through you. The power of the Holy Ghost go through. Now listen, when you are praying for the sick, many times what you are doing is you're not praying to God. Hallelujah. You are healing. You know there is praying to God and healing the sick. What many of you do is you get to the sick person and you are praying to God. Father, in the name, we pray that you will heal this person. The Bible didn't say pray to God to heal the sick. It says heal the sick. Do you know why? Because the power to heal is in your body already. So you are to what? Transmit it. It says they shall lay hands and the sick shall recover. 
So that means it is the laying of the, it is the land on the person's body. The transmission of that power to that person's body that will bring a what? A healing. Hallelujah. 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 Very important. The person, see a sick person there. You put your hand on that person. And you said the power of the Holy Ghost goes through you now. Right? Right? The power of the Holy Ghost goes through you now. The healing power of God goes through your body right now. And cleanses you of this thing. Then if you are there, all right, you lay your hands on the person. You can, if, there, if you perceive and discern there's a spirit, a demonic spirit, they say in the name of Jesus, I command you to come out. You spirit of infirmity. Right? Right? What you're doing is that you're ministering the power to their bodies. So you minister the power to their bodies. You pray, when you are praying to the Lord, it's for fellowship. It's to make power available. You are enjoying the Lord. But when it comes to healing the sick, you what? Minister the power to their bodies. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Minister the power to their bodies. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Have you learned something today? Rise up on your feet. Just lift up your hands and pray in the Holy Spirit. You have just listened to a message by Rev. Dr. Femi Olalea of Oikea Christian Center. For other messages, visit our website at www.oikeacc.org. Remain blessed.